0: Friends, our second scripture reading this day comes to us from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 to 38. And once again, you can follow along with our reading either in your pew Bible or bulletin insert or a Bible of your own choosing. Let us listen now to God's holy word. But I say to you that listen, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that for you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies. Do good. And lend expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High. For God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. This past week, I was playing around with a ministry tool called Mission Insight, which produces some... Demographic based reports. I don't, uh, I don't, that's not really my area of expertise, but it, it sort of produces these reports on demographics, on developing trends uh, that are happening in whatever kind of radius you tell it you want to look at, such as your population, ages, things like that. And I played around with this tool as a way to see if the data spoke to me or gave me any idea for an outreach project. There were nuggets of inspiration that I'll share at a later time, but what stuck out to me in particular was something else. It was reference points that spoke to me about people's most significant life concerns. It listed people's concerns, and also some of the points that related to how people felt about their relationship to religion. At the heart of this information was a question of ethos. What values are at the core of who I am? And if I'm asking what values are at the core of who I am, where are these morals and ethics coming from? As people ask this question in our world today, as they did back then, we find in our reading for today the ethos of Jesus. And in particular, that the ethos of Jesus runs in the opposite direction of where our hearts want to turn when confronted with challenging situations. So as readers of this text today, we ask ask ourselves, if we can learn to embrace the teachings of Jesus that ask of us far more than what the world says is reasonable. But before we answer that question, I just want to go back to what some of those points of interest were in the demographic report for our area. Doing a little search within a 10 mile bubble, nine, 10 mile bubble around our church. When it came to people's, some of the top concerns people had. Besides the pandemic, I felt that was a given, so I didn't include it. But besides the pandemic and concerns about health and access to healthcare, people listed social and political tensions and discord as being among the highest ranked concerns they had. Now pairing this with the question of religion, It was interesting when people were asked about Jesus, people noted that they would most likely say, when it came to Jesus and religion and to why they weren't participating, that people in the church do not often behave as Jesus would behave. You might not see the correlation at first, but it's there. It's a relationship to people's concerns about what is happening in our world and how they see or perceive the church to not be coherent with putting its message into practice. That in addition to how they perceive external social and political discord, they don't find that the church with its people who profess to follow Jesus, are really doing anything to help out with healing that discord. If we are to genuinely embrace the ethos of Jesus as it is present within our reading for today, I think it would change people's answers to the questions that were asked. Our reading for today is a continuation of Jesus' sermon on the plain, which we covered last week, which talked about blessings and woes. And to indicate that this is still a continuation, Jesus addresses those in the crowd almost in a way where, hey, if you're still listening, I have more to say. If we're bold enough to stick around and listen to what Jesus is going to say, if we're going to take that leap, we better be prepared. We'll discover that Jesus lays out in full detail what is expected of living a life in covenant relationship to God and how that relationship and its practices carries out into our daily lives. A covenant relationship means that things now are different than they were before. That if we say we are going to follow Jesus, our lives now should be different than they were before. Our actions should be different. Our words should be different. Our attitudes should be different. For if we sow purposeful, malicious discord for individual gain, we will find that there's no room for that in a divine covenant relationship. If we say we follow Jesus, but our lives are publicly opposite to that, to the heart of God, we'll see that there's no room for that in this kind of sacred covenant what Jesus lays out for us today flows from the heart of God. And from this heart flows power that is committed to a very different way of life, God's way of life. It's a power that levels the playing field a force that directs our gaze not upwards to the heavens as if the heavens are where all our problems are solved, but keeps our eyes focused on what is ahead of us. To say that the restoration of creation is happening, unfolding in our midst. And that we can't just wait to escape to the heavens above. Realizing what Jesus is asking of us, can we follow? If we turn and go deep within our hearts, deep within our hearts, we're the only audience is not the people who we have on our phones or social media or the people who we send emails to or receive flyers from if we turn deep within our hearts to where the only audience we have is with Jesus, can we answer, yes, Lord, I will follow this way of life. Because even in this message, Jesus says it's not enough to do good, that it's not enough to live out the golden rule, Because to love is not enough. It's not enough to just do good. It's not enough to pray or bless. The path of discipleship, the path of following Jesus, requires much more. It requires a complete change in the way we live so that we too can participate in the reordering and reconciliation of creation. The ethos, the heart, of Jesus, commands that we love our enemies, that we do good to those who hate us, that we bless those who curse us, and that we pray for those who treat us with ill intent. There's an opportunity for us right now to take to heart what Jesus is saying to us this day. There's an opportunity for us to take this command seriously. And there's a chance for us to be surprised to find out where this commandment will take us if we have faith that God will do something new through us. That if we embrace this way of life that the world will often say is foolish, it doesn't make sense that if we go out on faith living this way, we may be surprised in how we make a change in the world. I do agree to some extent with that study that says that social and political discord is a significant area of concern for people and not only our region, but on a national level as well. And I would agree that there are many who are disenfranchised with the notion of religion because too often people in the church have not practiced or lived out what Jesus taught us. But we can do something about that. We can do something about that right now, today. We can go out and start living fully the heart, the ethos of Jesus. In our hearts, where it is only us and Jesus, can we say that we will follow knowing that Jesus asks this seemingly impossible task of us? Can we say that we will follow Jesus knowing, however, that even though Jesus asks this of us, we have already been on the receiving end from the grace of God? Such love that Jesus asks us to embody might seem impossible. It might not always seem practical, but it is love that can change the world. it can make an impact right here and now. Jesus asks us to do this because Jesus does not follow normal conventions. Jesus not, isn't one for tradition, which as Presbyterians, I know we love our tradition. Jesus likes to shake things up for us. In our reading for today, Jesus reminds us of that, that Jesus isn't focused on exchanging one favor for another favor, exchanging one prayer for another prayer, one blessing for another blessing. Jesus isn't about the I pat your back, you pat mine. Jesus is only focused on us, on our relationships, on the restoration and reconciliation of creation. I'm confident that God will give us the strength to carry out such a calling if we allow this divine spark of inspiration to penetrate our hearts that have been made hard by years of either cynicism or mistrust or doubt. So let us go and live as Jesus taught us, handing out blessings of compassion and mercy and love, even when the world would label us as fools for doing so. Why? Because as Jesus said in his own words to us, friends, be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. So let us go and do likewise.